0: If you really think the world changes politi- because of political decisions, if you're really looking through salvation, through legislation, you are dopey. And worse of all, you've been tricked. Look at the IRS tax law. It used to be in the 1800s, this thin. Now it's 15 feet tall, full of words. In fact, I forget which famous, I think it was one of the founding fathers, or actually it might've been a philosopher, said the longer laws get, the more corruption there is in a society. always, always always be two types of people in your life and two types of people only friends, family, acquaintances, coworkers, business partners. One will do stuff and the other one won't and will have amazing reasons and stories why they couldn't get it done. Always. You will need, you will have the one friend who, when you have to move last minute, Saturday morning, got to be out of your apartment, out of your house at seven in the morning. And you texted 10 friends one person will just show up. No matter what, they got a leg brace on, they broke their ankle, they're still there. It's four in the morning, they're still there. And then you'll have nine other people that don't show up, but have amazing reasons. It's never like, nah, dude, I don't feel like I'll help you. Uh, I feel like helping you, I wanna sleep in. It's always like, no, you know the real truth is like, well, I my, my dog got sick, and while I was on the way to the vet, got a flat tire, oh my God, I would've been there for you, dude, I would've been there. Don't believe people having... Incre- people have inherited through their DNA, the ability to lie, not only overtly, I'm not saying all your friends will be liars, but they will lie to themselves. It's called delusion bias in psychology. So humans are absolute masters, almost more than anything known to mankind at deluding themselves. And of course they're going to delude you too. They're literally telling themselves, yeah, I'm a really good friend. The reason I didn't show up, even if they knew they stretched the story a little bit to help you move, they didn't show up. They'll be like, but you know, he told me last minute or yeah, it's just, it's the way of the world, man. And I've learned it in business. People lie, but numbers don't. You'll have five salesmen working for you and four of them will be like, oh, I can't get people on the phone and and that's why I'm only selling. And then you'll have one outlier and you do nothing different. They have the same leads. They have the same everything. And lo and behold, they sell 10 times more than everybody else or one friend who's 10 times more faithful and loyal to you, not in words because that's where the lie begins. The lies always be Humans have this innate superpower, but I'm starting to call it a stupid power. It's like the inverse of a superpower. To um, see my dogs, I got two German shepherds somewhere out here and like they can't fool you with words because they can't speak. So they just if a, your dog bites you all the time, it doesn't like you. There's no lost in translation conversation. The dog doesn't like you, it bites you every time. And if a dog's always there, wagging its tail, cuddling up next to you, hanging out with you, jogging with you, the dog sees you as its friend, as its partner, as its whatever. And that's how people are. Don't get confused by words, that's where you mess up. And that's why, and I was talking to Zach about different things going on in company, That's why when people talk to me now, half the time, it's like Charlie Brown peanuts. I'm like, wah, 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 wah. I'm like, stop BSing me. People lie but numbers don't. Show me the truth. You invite 10 people to your birthday party, one shows up, that's the truth. Trust me, don't listen to the people. Even the people that say they're out of town for that, your true friend flies back for your birthday party. I don't know why they don't teach this in school. How to read people. How to tell the truth. It's not just body language. People try to, I read body language and you can tell people dilation and you can tell by the artery here if people are starting to lie. But that's BS. You don't need that advanced stuff. You don't. 99% of business negotiation is just common sense. Do people show up? Do people just do stuff? I hate it now. It literally, I want to get like, like Google Glass had these things where you could theoretically eventually be able to see different translate signs into a different language. I want something that goes in my ears and it just translates all the BS into wah, 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 and then the pure conversation comes to you in the form of a language. Because most people I ain't talking to you, they're literally lying to. And I'm not calling everybody around me a liar or I'm not calling all your friends a liar. I'm saying, you're lying to yourself, therefore you're honestly speaking to me because you've told yourself a lie and therefore you can honestly, with no gut feeling check, you can honestly convey that lie to me because you convinced yourself. And so you have to unravel freaking lies. Lie after lie after lie. I pro- I'll give you, you want to hear a traumatic example? Here's a traumatic example for all of you. And some people don't want to go down this rabbit hole because it's just too traumatic for them. Okay, you had two parents, one parent. I grew up with a single mom, had a stepdad later. I don't know your situation, but parents say they really love you. Most parents tell they love their kid, okay. That's want, 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 because what is love? Love is uh, action for the most part. Even Jesus Christ said uh, there was a father with two sons, and he asked his two sons to do something. One son said he wouldn't do it, but did it. The other son said he would do it, but never got around to it. And Jesus said, who obeyed? Clearly, it's the person who did it. So... Action is the translation of truth. And so you go back to your parents and you're like, you loved me. Okay, so you had 18 years of my existence in most countries, unless you emancipated at 16. How come you never taught me to do my taxes? Ask your parents that. How come you never told me how to invest in real estate? How come you never told me how to get a 6 pack?" How come you never taught me self-discipline? How come you never taught me a daily routine? How come you never taught me how to get abs? How come you never taught me how to balance my diet with the proper amount of protein? Why not, mom and dad? It was all available to you. Books. Books have been written forever. And I'm going to tell you this. If, you're, if you have an honest mom or dad, they'll go, I messed up. I deluded myself into thinking the definition of a good parent was just keeping you going to school and keeping you off drugs, but is that really love? That's more like guardianship. You could literally have a foster family. You could literally have the Cinderella stepmother that doesn't even like you, but out of common human dignity and decency, she keeps you from doing heroin and she keeps you going to school, but she don't love you. So that's not a action, that's not love. Guardianship is almost like human civil duty. Love is an action that goes beyond. So you ask your parents, like, why didn't you teach me self-defense? Because you knew at some point in my life I'd probably be confronted with a, with a physical danger. How come you didn't teach me public speaking? How come you didn't teach me debate? Most parents literally think if they send their kids to ballet or football practice, they're some noble parent. Now, I'm not a parent, so I'm not gonna call out parents because maybe I would do the same thing. I don't know, I don't know. But then I would be a shitty parent, and I'll admit it right now if I did that. Definition of love is you go above and beyond. Now, are parents ever gonna be perfect? No, but that's still a BS way to say it. There's a difference between being per, perfect and being competent. And the reason your parents didn't do it for the most part, maybe a few years, did, is because they didn't really love you as much as they said. they did love you, but not as much as they said. There's degrees to love. There's a friend that'll lay down their life for you. That's a friend who loves you more than a friend that would go, "I'm getting out of here when the gunfire goes." There's a friend who will jump on a grenade for you literally in every story of war. There's people who jumped on a grenade or took a bullet. For, that's a higher degree. In fact, not to bring up the Bible too much. There's a, there's a part in the scripture that says no greater love has somebody than to lay down his life for somebody. So sometimes parents do that. There are parents that lay down their life, but there's a lot of parents that don't. So I'm not here to talk about parents. I'm just saying that's an example where parents lie. They didn't give a crap. They didn't. They really didn't. They were dealing with their own parents. Just think about a lot of moms. A lot of moms get remarried to men that are horrible to their kids. And a lot of men get remarried to women who are horrible to their kids because step parents, for example, there's a lot of good step parents, but the statistics are in and irrefutable. Step parents have a 100 times higher chance of abusing kids. 100. Now, you cannot like that, but you're full of shit if you can't accept that. Go Google it. There's great textbooks on it. Dr. David Buss has a thing on it. Harvard professor for, he used to be at Harvard, now he's at a different university. So, moms and dad get remarried real quick because they want to find love and. If their kid suffers along the way, they love themselves. But the mom will say, I really love you. I love you. I love you. I'm, I'm marrying this person because they're going to benefit you. Bullshit. Rarely happens. Sometimes step parents are better, but they usually aren't. The verdict's in. I, the truth hurts. I don't know <laughs> what to say, but that's so irrefutable. That it's almost laughable that people argue. Once again, there are good step-parents and there are step-parents sometimes that are better than the real parents. That happens sometimes too, but it's more rare. So when a mom or a dad goes, I'm going to get remarried, 80% of the time, it's because they care about themselves much more than their kids. Of course. Of course. Remember, you only have 50% of your DNA. Read The Selfish Gene by Richard Dawkins. Parents favor some siblings more subconsciously without even knowing it but the siblings know if you got five or six kids or grew up in a family with five or six brothers almost that always one or two siblings are jealous because they feel the parent the parental love is not spread evenly and that's because they're right you think all of them are incorrect in their assessment no you know when somebody likes somebody else more than you so once again your life if you don't Grab a hold of it and stop letting people hypnotize you with words. And instead, look at the truth. What do they do? You don't I, I wish sometimes we probably humans would be better off if we were like my dogs and couldn't talk. You know, you'll just know you will know. You want to know who a good person to work for is? Well, the beginning is every time you need your paycheck. If, is, is it there? It's a great thing. You could have an boss who goes, I love having you as an employee. You're great. But then when payroll comes around, oh my god, I just can't make payroll this time. I'm a new entrepreneur. I can't do it. Sorry about you. No, they don't really care about you because if they cared about you, they'd realize you got bills to pay. Now, there's laws that ensure most employers don't do that, especially in the US. But outside the US, it happens all the time. Outside the U.S. it happens all the time. Well, you'll lend somebody money. You ever lend somebody money, they don't give you it back. They got the money. They just love themselves more than you. So they prioritize their own stuff over your stuff. So I I don't want to sound like the most pessimistic message because the upside of this is once you learn to discern the wah, wah, wah for the true words, you'll start finding true allies in life. Whether it be in love, friendship, Business, You'll start finding the people. They don't say that much. They just do stuff. They're just there. They just get stuff done. Literally. You entrepreneurs will have 30 employees. You give them the same task. One will disproportionately accomplish whatever you set the whole group out to do. In fact, Steve Jobs, founder of Apple, said, in his experience, one good person often replaces 50 to 100 employees. That's the ratio. So in life, you're better off with three true friends than 300 acquaintances. Really? Now, you can have acquaintances, and acquaintances is like a winnowing out of people who are true friends, but man, think about politics. I can't believe the amount of people that listen to campaign promises. They literally watch the political debates as if this is any prediction of what is about to happen over the next four years. It's completely uncorrelated. I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat. Obama said he would get rid of Guantanamo Bay. It's still Guantanamo Bay. Trump said he would you know, build a wall. There ain't a no wall. Now maybe there will be end of Guantanamo Bay. Maybe Donald Trump will build the wall. Who knows, but you're a sucker if you really believe campaign promises, trust me. And I know some people are gonna start spouting statistics of, no, 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 they really did their thing. Ah, You don't know what's going on in DC, you ever been there? You really look at these, even these bills that get passed, they get rolled back, they get, to, no, 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 don't be an idiot. If you really think the world changes politi- because of political decisions, if you're really looking through salvation, through legislation, you are dopey. And worse of all, you've been tricked some of these Senate these bills that go through the House, they're look at the IRS tax law. It used to be in the eighteen hundreds, this thin. Now it's, you know, fifteen feet tall, full of words. In fact, I forget which famous I think it was one of the founding fathers, or actually it might have been a philosopher, said the longer laws get, the more corruption there is in a society. What is that saying? I was just reading an interesting story of civilization on that. When words increase so does corruption, especially in government. So stop, if you really wanna know who gonna be the best person to run for, when laws increase, I think is the word. I'll have to find it another time. Laws, words, There used to be a time you shook somebody's hand and the deal was done, and they were your next door neighbor. So if they didn't do it, things weren't settled by words. You go over and shoot them in the face. Now, I'm not saying we should go back to a world like that, but there was more justice. There was more justice, I believe. Even though there was cowboy injustice and the wrong people got this and that, sometimes things are just obvious. (laughs) Sometimes people need to get punched in the face, trust me. I've been punched in the face. Sometimes I have a t-shirt for one of my clothing lines. Never trust a person who's never been smacked in the face. You ain't never been smacked in the face. You have never been confronted with your own BS. So be careful. People are ready to lie lie to you quicker, faster than you can even imagine. And this is what I feel most people's life is like. Honestly, because they've never heard this, what I'm saying, because of course this is never taught in school. There's no class on common sense like this in dealing with people. So, what I think humans are. There's a saying, hope springs eternal. So you have one friend, they use awesome words or somebody you date or a business partner and they used awesome words and you aligned yourself with them and then they screwed you over. And then you're just like, A new person you meet who says the same basic words, a little mixed, a little bit different. You go, oh, this is the person that's going to really live up to what they say. And then you know that. And then. Oh, they screw you over. And then you just go from person, even the most cynical person I've ever met, quasi cynical, they usually get suckered. Cynical people usually get suckered more than non-cynical people. I know that goes is counterintuitive, but it's really not because they're cynical because they've been burned because they're programmed incorrectly. And when you don't actually fix the hard wiring and you just because cynical people usually are mad at one person they're like. Donald Trump is the cause of all problems in the world, or Obama is the cause. When you when you oversimplify the problem and you don't realize the problems in your brain that you don't know how to decide and decipher people's words, um, you start blaming one person. So you blame, let's say, Obama, or you blame Trump, and then the new election comes, or a new friend, or a new girlfriend, and you go this person is going to make up for all the bad. And so you jump into, oh, I'm all in on the next person. Or, well, who's going to run next? They say Oprah or The Rock or Mark Cuban. Oh, they're going to bring salvation. We've been doing this cycle. Politicians read history. There has been very few good politicians ever, ever, ever. I mean, I'm reading a book about George Washington, you know, considered one of the greatest people. And I don't want to knock his legacy he ain't no saint (laughs) he's no saint he brought his slaves with him and they were cruel to their slaves maybe less cruel but I don't know I don't know I don't want to piss off I got a lot of people following me that are conservative and they'll be like no if you think George Washington was a saint you don't read that's all I'll tell you if you think Abraham Lincoln was a saint now, Abraham Lincoln did great things, so did George Washington, but the argument can be made that so did some dictators. Hitler was loved at the beginning because he built the Autobahn and got, America, got Germany out of the recession that followed the Treaty of Versailles in World War I. So people loved Hitler at first. My grandma told me, everyone around me, Ty, in Germany in the 20s, uh, not the 20s, in the 30s. He really came to power in the early 30s. He had, you know, he went to jail, I think, in the 20s. And, but he had Stalin. There was people defending Stalin, Mao Zedong. People, all these dictators that murdered tens of millions of people. So you can't just look at somebody and isolate their thing. Obviously, I'd rather have Abraham Lincoln or George Washington ruling over me than Hitler. That's not the point. Some people aren't going to be smart enough to get this point, unfortunately. Please be sharp enough to get what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is all of these people had great words. Abraham Lincoln was an orator. Emancipation Proclamation is one of the great pieces of, of writing ever done, you know. But when you look at Abraham Lincoln's life, it wasn't really against slavery. <laughs> it was not as much as you think. <laughs> think. Emancipation Proclamation was a complicated thing. It wasn't done from pure virtue, it wasn't. It wasn't, if you read history, you'll understand what I'm talking about. They were just people. And so the best thing to do, if you had an Abraham Lincoln in your life, is to just see them honestly and be like, oh, I got a friend named Abraham Lincoln. Something's good about him. Some things BS. And that's how I hope my friends look at me. Oh, Ty is a guy who is good with some things and some things I don't like it about him. But people aren't looking for that. They're looking – I get that with me. Some people are like, oh, Ty, your, your marketing techniques, they use cunning and they – maybe they make people think they're going to get rich. Well, it's not that simple. But I'm not a saint. I am a businessman, businessman in business to make money. Do I purposely manipulate people? No. The truth is I've been driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis seven years before I even did a YouTube video. So it wasn't rented for a day. It wasn't some hoax. But on the flip side, obviously, I know that not everybody's going to get a Lamborghini and Ferrari. And I say that in my videos. I say that. My first most well-known video, I'm like, and what's this Lamborghini is an eye catcher. What's more important is you educate yourself. Some people get butthurt about that. Okay. But did you really discern the true meaning of what somebody says? That's what you got to be. You got to discern like a knife and you cut through and you cut through. And that's what I'm saying about Stalin and Hitler and Abraham Lincoln. And you don't listen to any of the words. Look at the, the actions. In general, George Washington fought for a just cause. And that's the main takeaway. Forget the words. Abraham Lincoln fought for a just cause. If you look at the main thing, Hitler, you could get caught up. He was an orator too. My grandma heard him speak. Didn't think he was such a great orator. What did what's your favorite comedian say? Norm, silver tongue devil. Norm McDonald. not exactly the silver tongue. But some people were caught up in his words because he mesmerized the quote unquote most civilized country in the world at the time. The home of Wagner and the home of Nietzsche. All these people were German, the great thinkers of the time. Freud, these were Austrians and all this that were from that area. Yet they listened to the words like, oh, they forgot to look past the fact, which my grandma did. She said the dude sounded like he was crazy. She didn't listen to the words. She said he was screaming on top of a car. She's like, first of all, I don't want to follow a dude who has to scream to get his point across. Literally screaming out the top of his lungs. So if the whole crowd would have stopped listening to the words and go, what's the general vibe of this person? Okay, psychopath. All right, that's all I need to know. People around Stalin, like he would say, like, we're going to bring, you know, the downfall of the bourgeois and the rise of proletariat and all this. I mean, if you read Karl Marx, for example... Don't underestimate the power of Karl Marx, but I'm not a communist because the words are so well written that they'll have you believing that all capitalism and exploitation, which led to the rise of basically half of the world being communist. You have China, still communist, one billion people plus. You have Russia still in the vestiges of socialism with a massive, you know, four or five hundred million per You, you got. Not quite half the world, but at one point about half the world embracing communism because it was amazing words. But when you look at the vibe of communism, is it logical, common sense that you go, we're going to put all people, lump them together. They're all going to work and we're all going to just split the stuff. Well, the problem with that is then lazy people are disincentivized to work because they get food. I mean, we all know this. If you have 10 people around you and you go, hey, let's all clean up this house that we had a house party at, one person's gonna go to sleep and take a nap, which is fine, but if you're paying them, you're gonna be like, well, you don't get to pay. And capitalism is more like, oh, if you take a nap, that's fine, that's your free will, but you ain't getting paid. And so communism, if you go through past the words of Karl Marx, and Engels and all these people, Lenin and Trotsky. These were persuasive people. What's the vibe? I wish people would do that with me some of my stuff. And a lot of people have finally gotten it. It's been years where some people are mad at me and like, oh, the exact word, the exact fact that he has a Lamborghini is detrimental to society. No, it's not. Do you have half a brain? Don't you wish when you were a twelve-year-old kid? If you like Lamborghinis, somebody would have spoken to you and said, hey, start reading 30, 40 books a year. It'll, it helped me get this Lamborghini. If somebody had told me that message, I would have started in business a decade before I did. I got lucky and started at 19, I would have started at nine. But no, everybody made education boring. So people aren't getting the gist of the story. And that's what the whole thing is about. Stop listening to specific words, get the gist of the vibe. My dogs, I don't listen. Oh, they bark. I'm like, I don't care how they bark. What's the general vibe? Are their ears back and their fangs are showing? They're about to bite me. Are they wagging their tail? Things are probably going well. That's how you have to look at your friends, your business. Stop being tricked. Stop it and your life will get better. And you'll start discerning between the friend that's a real friend. Because sometimes your real friend's the meanest friend you have. Because a real friend tells you the truth when all the other friends let you just do your thing and go off and fall off the cliff and nobody says anything. There's so many times in life looking back, I wish parents, once again, oh, you really love me? Why didn't you have, I I love my mom and you guys see her on my social media. But sometimes I'm like, mom, I remember at six, I started a garden. Business where I sold cherry tomatoes and then I sold lemonade. I was so interested in being a business person at six. Where were my teachers that said they really cared about their students? Where was the encouragement for that? Nobody encouraged me. My grandma didn't, and I love my grandma more than anybody. But I gotta be honest, they could have been, I would have appreciated a different kind of love. Less hugs. My mom gave me lots of hugs. You don't need that many hugs. I swear, people getting too soft in the modern world. Yes, you should love. Give me a break. Some people won't go out till they every day they hug their kid and go, "You know I love you." Right? Forget that. You're teaching your kids to be easily manipulated. That's what you're really doing. You have now taught your kids that the truth is, the more we say soft words, the more. Inact- Your kid is going to be the one who gets manipulated by somebody in love who says, I really love you. I had a fr- I have a friend and I was dating a girl. And I just, I knew it wasn't the right one. And I wanted to break it off. But it was a comfortable relationship. And he goes, and I go, dude, there's a lot of friction in this relationship. He goes, why? He goes, because she says that she loves me, but I don't say it back to her enough. My friend goes, Dude. And he's really, he always has beautiful women in his life. He's, he's great with he's Casanova with him. And he goes, lie to the girl. Tell her you love her. And I'm like, but I don't, man. And he's like, you want to have a good relationship with her? Lie. And I, I don't think that's the right thing. And I broke it off and I'm better off for it. It would have been better if I had just told the girl earlier, Look. We gave it a good run. It ain't, I'm holding you back from whatever it is you're looking for, and I'm never gonna love you. And that would have been the most painful thing. And I wish, and you know, we end up breaking up in kind of one of those murky ways where you just like break up, but there's no closure, so it's kind of weird. It's better to just man up or woman up, I guess, and say, I just, I. I don't love you. And it hurts. It's like tearing off a band-aid. It like hurts for a second. But it's true. Or even better, maybe is not that much words. Just say I gotta go. We're not gonna see each other for a while. I, I would appreciate a world like that where somebody, you know, doesn't cause sometimes it's too hard to break up with somebody with words. You just go, Look, it was a good run. I don't know how I feel about you. I have mixed feelings. I love you sometimes and I Don't, and I just gotta go. And you just go, and their actions prove, you know? Instead, we get in these murky relationships where people linger, and they email each other every, and they think back how great it was, and it's just a lie. It's literally what I wish somebody had told me at 19 is, Ty, if you ain't careful, you will live in a delusional lie, a civilization lie. That's why one of my favorite books, my favorite book, actually, is Sigmund Freud's Civilization is Discontent. Civilization brings many discontents because as Will Durant says in the story of philosophy, another great book, one of the smartest people ever, Will and Ariel Durant, the husband and wife, he said, maybe the best times in history was when we were more primitive, not to make an oversimplification of the noble savage myth that many people believe that everything was great when there's no civilization, but There was a time where you could express how you really felt about someone. And I think the world, maybe it wasn't a better world, but it was a more clear world. Like I said, there was a time when if you come home and somebody punched your wife in the face and you saw it, you just shot them. (laughs) It's like, I saw it, and I'm sure there was abuse of that and this and that, but there's a certain clarity in that, that you knew if I go to my neighbor's house and punch their wife in the face, I'll probably get shot. And so there's a deterrent there. There is. Now, nowadays, because of the rise of civilization, the rise of large cities, people can hide. They could screw you over and know they might. If you live in Los Angeles, you screw somebody over, you've got 14 million people, you dissolve. You might once a year see them, but imagine when you live back in a little tribe of 35 people. You screw somebody over, you get to live next to them for the next 20 years, they're going to stab you at night. Was that a better world? I don't know. There's a lot of probably truth that stress levels and cortisol levels were much lower than they are now, meaning people are more stressed out in the modern world. There's a lot of science. In fact, in the last 20 years, uh, rates of depression have gone up, and it's not just because of diagnosis. I forget what it is for women. Women's depression levels has like tripled since the 60s. Now, are the statistics always accurate? No, but the gist of the thing is that humans are probably less happy now for multiple reasons. We have too much choice, we are fat now, we got too much sugar, we sit too much, all those things. But it's also because life has gotten too complex and what's gotten complex is the messaging. I mean, I look at like news and I'm just like, here's these reporters just tricking everybody with words, man. Just like, I was telling Zach, Zach likes Trump a lot. And I was like, when Trump got elected, I see this article and it goes, Donald Trump, the largest mass exodus of state department employees, uh, state department like heads of state department. So I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe this Trump guy is the worst guy in the world, like the whole State Department left. Mass exodus was the exact words. So I decided I'll go beyond the, just the headline of the words and I'll like read the actual thing. So I read the words and they're like four people quit. Uh, sorry, four people left, four. Two were fired by Donald Trump and two resigned. I'm like, this is an organization that has 300,000 or so employees or something like that. Four people, that's mass exodus, no. There's the media lying to you, and they get paid for it the more they get clicked. And so the media – it's gotten worse now because people are getting figured out. And not – there are good people in the media. I'm sure they're there. But these mass headlines, it's actually a systemic problem. It's even worse than what I'm talking about because if you actually – imagine if people got paid to lie to you, and the better they lied, the more money they made. Oh, then – Whatever problems you think you have now with people lying to you, friends, and dating, imagine if somebody you were dating got paid, the more they tricked you. And I'm sure I've been part of lies. Like I said, we all lie to ourselves. This isn't just me saying everyone lies except me. I lie to myself like I'm a human. I inherited that same stupid DNA. I've told people I loved them, or I've told people I'm their friend, or I've told people this or that that I didn't. That's why now with like my employees, I'm like way more blunt. I'm just like, I don't know if you're going to be able to work here, dude. I'm just telling you now, I've asked you to do something. You did it, you know, with a stupid power, not a superpower, a stupid power. And I just don't feel like being around that. I mean, some people are like, oh, that's a mean work environment. Well, you could call it mean. I don't know. I don't know. You know what's even meaner? Being a shitty employee, doing a bad job. That's even meaner. It's like. It, one thing my mom told me that is I remember her telling me this at like 12 and I was like, I don't know what she's talking about. Now I do. She goes, people will be very, 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 very judgmental of you and very forgiving of themselves. So oh, God help you. If you ever tell this much of an accidental fib to somebody, they will call you out like they are the damn Supreme Court justice of the last century, just the omnipotent judge. And then you ask them about them and they're like, oh, 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 I see that with employees. They're like, Oh, how dare you? I'm like, How dare you do a bad job and want me to pay you? How about that? You see both sides of this story, or you are one of those dilute because a liar also can only see their side of the story. That's another thing. We all lie, but you're less of a liar if you also know that sometimes you're lying you're like an honest liar, which is an oxymoron, but possible, it is possible to be an honest. You know Deadwood that we like so much? Al Swearinger, there's a line, it's a great, if you haven't seen Deadwood, go see it, there's a line where Al Schweringer goes, no, no, his two guys are talking about him, his two underlings, his employees, and they go, I think it was Johnny, goes, when Al ain't lying, he's the most honest son of the bitch, son of the bitch in the world. Like that's what – that's why he's like a – kind of a good character in some ways because he's like you don't know whether you like him or hate him because he definitely tells you what he thinks. But he's like honestly mean. The world needs more of that. That's why I think sometimes parents should just tell kids – I'm not that excited about you right now. I'm not saying you disown your kids but – do you always have to love? I thought the wise saying is "There's a time to love and a time to hate." There's literally that's like a wise saying from Ecclesiastes two, three thousand years ago. It's a time to love and a time to hate. Okay, you know, that, that's that, there's a time to for things to be born and time for things to be killed. And that's somewhat figurative, but. Maybe, I don't know what they were talking about, but I I get it, it kind of, when you say that to people, it kind of jives with their inner common sense meter. When you tell, it's like, do we wanna live in a society where all kids are constantly told how much they're loved, but then the parents don't really love them and don't equip them and send them out into the world at 18, complete morons. I'd rather be raised by people that are a little more blunt and a little more variable in their response to me? Because variability is true. You never always love somebody. You ask a husband, wife, that have been married 30 years, have you ever had feelings of anger and maybe even hatred to your spouse? And anybody with any ability to tell the truth will be like, yep, there's times I don't wanna be married to them. So why not just say it at that time? I feel like people hold stuff in, get all passive aggressive this lying thing is not the lying that people think. It's the lying you don't suspect that is the lying that kills you. That's the lying. And just remember, I'm telling you, your most honest friend is lying to themselves ipso facto. They will accidentally lie to you. That's why, going back to what I started this whole freaking conversation, if you want to see who your true friends are, do a little test. And it's kind of a white lie literally text your friends and 10 of them and say i gotta move this weekend can you show up at saturday morning maybe if you don't want to lie you could be like i think i gotta move this saturday see you didn't say you had to move i think i gotta move this saturday and i gotta do it early six in the morning is there any way you could be there first of all i promise you if you text 10 people Four of them won't even write back. They'll pretend they didn't see your text. Next time you see them, they'll be like, oh my God, I saw your text, but my phone dropped in. Oh, it was weird as like I tried to text you and like the del- I fell asleep and then when I woke up, there was a frying pan fell on my head because the cat was up there and then the cat also fell and has a gallbladder issue and I took it to the vet and by the time I realized that it, it was Sunday, oh my God, I will make this up to you. And if you're listening to those words and not understanding that you really should have the translation device that turns it into want, 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 then you are a sucker. If you study history, if you study evolution, suckers get screwed. Never be a sucker. You don't have to be overly cynical because I find most cynical people are actually suckers with hard exterior shells, but easy, easily manipulated. It's the people that are just common sense right there in the middle. They're not overly initially skeptical and they're not overly taken in by words. They're just kind of like, oh. And you will find out of those 10 friends, and it might be a friend that you didn't even know was a friend. You might have only counted an acquaintance. They might actually show up. And you can have a celebration waiting for them because you're like, this was actually a surprise true friend party. And I wanted to see. And you can also do another test. You can post some awesome event that happened to you recently on your Facebook page that's followed by your family and friends. And do it in a teeny bragging way. Not insane bragging. You got a new car? Pose by it. Now, some people might find that tacky. Okay. A lot of things are tacky. Lying friends are tacky too. And you're going to find... Just one person that you thought was so awesome is going to make a snide, passive-aggressive remark. Like, oh, well, look who thinks they're awesome because they got a new car. See, a true friend with true friendship, uh, the Dalai Lama says that there's two kinds of happiness. There's happiness you experience for yourself. Something happens to you. And there's one, and I forget the Buddhist term. There's an Asian word that I don't remember. And... It translates into feeling happy for the good that happened to someone else. And the Dalai Lama said the reason he's such a happy person is he says you can never be completely happy in yourself because bad things happen to you. But when you derive equal happiness from those around you experiencing great things, then all of a sudden you're happy all the time. I'm happy if Zach goes on a date this weekend with a girl. You never told me what happened. He said he has a date with a I forget the word. What was it? You said curly haired? Zach likes girls with curly hair. And I'm like, if I'm a true friend, then I'm like, well, good for Zach. And then you'll find those. Some people are like jealous, like, oh, oh, well, look at this guy. Always got to be out on a date. That's the person that when you post on your Facebook something cool that's happened to you, some new thing you got, something that. All the weird people rise to the surface. That's why sometimes people ask me. I, I have a lot of people who watch my stuff. Over 200 million people have watched. So naturally, if 1% of people don't like me, that's 2 million people. And of course, mean people leave more comments. So sometimes people are like, Ty, how do you deal with this? And I'm like, I just realize I'm smoking out the haters. It's like you throw tear gas into a house and all that. Terrorists have to run out because they can't breathe, and then you shoot them. Pop, 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 pop. Now, I don't shoot people, but as a metaphor of when you post on your Facebook and the weird people come, you block them and never talk to them again. Or maybe you give them one more chance. But now you're aware, like, that's a person who has a stupid power. A superpower is taking – Your happiness and making themselves happy from it. A stupid power is when your friend has something cool happen to them and you feel envy. Charlie Munger, a person I really look up to, says envy. He says if you're going to have a sin in your life, almost every other sin feels good in the moment. Adultery. Okay. You sleep with someone's wife. In the moment, it felt good. Murder. Sometimes... You meet somebody, they do something to you're like, if I murdered you, I might feel good. Although you go through the 10 Commandments, stealing, 10 commandment, okay, I steal this, I feel good. Now I got a battery charger. But he said, thou shall not envy thy neighbor. He said, you never feel good when you envy. It's a sin, <laughs> you don't have to you'd be an atheist. It's a sin that's wrong and you feel bad the whole time from start to finish. So when you post on your Facebook and the envious people come up, they are your true enemies. They are literally enemies. I don't care if they're your mom, dad, cousin, brother, sister. They do not care about you. No matter how much Christmas presents they bring or how much they kiss you on the cheek at Thanksgiving. No, don't. Don't believe it. Don't. 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 Go, how come you didn't like that? And that's why I look at it. And that's why you should never, ever concern yourself. Now, if somebody has a legitimate thing and says, hey, I really like you, but that post you did on Facebook, I have a feeling it's going to bring a lot of hate to you. You might want to take it down. That's different because now they're actually constructively looking to criticize you. Should, constructive criticism is great, whether it come in the form of meanness, but pure envy. We all know how to differentiate it. You can, it's, there's no constructive. It's just like, ah. Oh, Look at you. There's no, they're not looking out for your well-being. So I hope you figure out this out quicker, faster, and more clearly than I did because in some ways, your life – and people ask me, like, what's the biggest thing that can happen to you? Like, I remember first time I made, like, a million dollars in, like, a day or two, and you're like, whoa, that's cool. It took, like – 36 hours basically profit too like real like just a million bucks in like a day or two it doesn't feel that good it's kind of cool for a second it's not like a life changing thing just take it from me it's not life changing I can't go I don't even remember what date it was it wasn't I can't remember certain dates in my life it was a cool day it is a momentous day but the day that I woke up to how people are that's like when you start actually living. That's like the matrix. It's like when you your eyes are open and you go, oh, wow, this is actually how the world works. It's not what everybody said in school. It's not what they said in church. It's not what my parents who tricked themselves and then tricked me accidentally into believing. It's none of that. And when you – it's kind of like if you can't see – I saw a cool video. I actually posted on my Instagram of a 2 maybe not even a two-year-old, a one-year-old kid born basically blind. And they found – no, was it blind or – yeah, it was blind. And they prepared a special set of glasses. And – no, no, sorry. It was deaf. It was deaf. It was a deaf boy or girl and could never had heard a sound. And when they put the sound in the kid's face, uh, in the kid's ears, first the kid's face was like – What? I'm scared. And all of a sudden, it was the coolest smile I've ever seen on a human. It was the most genuine, like, oh my God, there's a whole new world I can hear. I can listen to the birds and people and that. And it was just a one-year-old baby. And the reason I posted that is because, like, when you get what I'm talking about, that's what the world will seem like to you new and some people go is this pessimistic like all of a sudden like the world's worse well in a way for that baby the world's worse also the baby can hear things that are negative too but still it's better to see clearly it's better to hear clearly and so i w- the most important day of your life is when you actually embrace this and go yeah People who told me they didn't like me. I mean, people who told me they loved me didn't. And those people that were more blunt with me and more constructive criticism, those were my true friends. And I forgot about, that. I got mad at the wrong person. And all of a sudden you change your social circle a little bit and you change who you spend time with and invest your time, energy, effort, money with. And all of a sudden the true friends rise to the top, like the cream rises to the top, just like milk. You know, and you're like, that's the best part, that's the richest part, and then life starts. And so, I hope you have that day and that epiphany. And you'll have to this video, this recording, it won't be enough. You will also have to find it on your own. But I hope it'll make you aware so you start paying attention just everywhere you go. Imagine we're all dogs and words don't work anymore. And so now you just have to watch what people do. Watch them. Watch them. If you're dating someone and they say they love you and every time you want to hang out with them, they have other plans, they don't. If They say they really like you and you text them and they're like, oh, my God. I would totally – I started to learn this with dating. I can't tell you how many men and women on planet Earth right now literally have somebody in their life they're romantically interested in who kind of reciprocates back just enough to get them hooked on that person. And then every time they wanna go a little further, they pull back, it's like a game. It's actually scientists call it avoidant tendencies in attachment theory. There's a good book on this called Attached by Heller and Levine. At least 50% of the population of planet Earth is either an anxious avoidant or an anxious avoidant, which means there are bad people to be in relationships with. This is pure. There's about 50 to 100 years of science on this, by the way. You can Google attachment theory. Um, it's real legitimate, fascinating. It starts even at, at a child. Even they can observe it in four-year-old, under four-year-old children. And the reason people get suckered into it is because they're listening to the words. So an avoidant person is a master, and they most of them don't know they're doing it. That's the sad thing. They're not trying to trick you. They're literally programmed. Some of it's environmental. Some of it's DNA. And um, they are they will always hold you at this place where you're hoping and they're leading you and the, the mechanism to pull you along like fish. How do you catch a fish? You like lead it along with you throw it out and you reel it in. So you need movement for most fish and you need some kind of bait, some kind of and that's most and you're literally leading the fish to its death and that's how people are in relationships it's like you got a business partner and they're like oh i'm in 50 50 and you're like hey i need your help and they're like okay i'll be there but they don't show up and like oh there's a lot of work to be done how come i'm doing it all oh i'm i will do it i'm doing it and you're just going to your death of that business and love oh okay you really You want to hang out this Friday? Oh, you know, I made plans with my coworker. If you love somebody, you're going to break those plans to hang out with that person. You're just led to the slaughter. Boom. And then over and over, school system. Oh, yeah, we will prepare you for life. Okay, I'm going to show up in class. Actually, I don't have a choice. A truant police officer will come drag me in. But, okay, so we're going to teach you, like, calculus or math. But, but why do I need math? Oh, just trust me. You need it to think logically. But, but what about just teaching me logic and like actual street smart thing? No, we will get to that. We just, oh, no. Oh, high school's over. Okay. College. You, it's because we didn't have time from the age six to 18. This stuff's way too complicated. Come to our college. It'll cost you $20,000 a year and like, come, we're going to get you prepared for life. Okay, art history. Is that preparing me for, uh, yes, it will. Just trust me, it's a well-rounded education. Hookfish led to the freaking slaughter, bop. $1.2 trillion in the US in college debt. Oh, no, no, you actually have to grad degree now. It doesn't just work to have, it's called a degree inflation. Yeah, so, so, so what you really need is you do oh, a master's, MBA middle, okay, master's, okay, uh, oh. But people with MBAs come to work for me and they don't know jack shit. Look, what did, I, I tell every there's not a soul I've ever met with a business MBA that I don't think, bro, get, or sister, go get your money back. You don't know jack shit about the world. But, but you're teaching us stuff about how to run businesses in the 60s. What about internet marketing? What about Facebook ads? What about you know quick pivoting and what about apps? Oh, but no, this curriculum. We're Harvard. Trust us. Trust us. We don't have any. We only care about you as a student. But you have the largest endowment fund almost in the world. Like you guys are controlling like trillions of dollars of, among colleges. Do you really care about us, or why do you have that endowment? Why don't you? Give it back to all the students. Won't you charge less? No, 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 we love you. We're here for you, man. Community college. Oh, if you can't afford a big college, come to us. We're like a fourth of the price, and we're really going to equip you with stuff. Anybody ever gone to go to community college and been like, that's where I learned about life, boy. Community college. But how come we're learning 1800s way? Like now we have modern science, and we know that the best way to teach Without a doubt, hands down, empirical study after empirical study is um, through what's called demonstration. So, like, actually, if you want to learn business, you would just put people into businesses. That would be your, like, college curtain. But they can't do that because then how could they charge you? So they make a classroom environment to teach you about business. It's about 10 percent effective. There's a great book called The End of College. It has a tremendous amount of science. Study after study referenced. How it doesn't work. But no, no, but we care about you. See, we got the government behind us. And your mom and dad say, so that must be that they say, get okay, led to the slaughter. Bop! My brother got debt he hasn't paid off from his Spanish degree. Spanish. $80,000 in debt with increasing interest that's undischargeable in bankruptcy. Only other thing like that is taxes. So they've made it. It's just... civilization is discontents one day you wake up and you go i'm alive now and now i get it now it actually makes sense like i hope you come to that day it'll be the best day of your life it might be the scariest day of your life because you realize you're at the cliff's edge and and sometimes when you're at the cliff's edge if you start to fall there is a point where you don't recover you just fall to your death. And some people watching, maybe you reach the point of no return and there is no help for you. If you're 80 years old and you're listening to this, I don't have a time machine. You wasted a lot of time and you will not get those years back in. It kind of sucks. But so does little kids being born with HIV and orphanages in Haiti, in Africa, in Asia. In America. That sucks too. Like I told you, people only care about what sucks for them. They don't give a shit about that other stuff. They tell you they care. You know that? (laughs) Adam Carolla's best thing. He goes, "What is what does he call it? It's the funniest term about people who say they care about charity. He goes, they'll like post on Facebook like mad at somebody. Like, oh, this company is wasting water or... And he goes, as if the posting of it somehow helped. He goes, they satiated. So they're now like, I'm a good person. That's why I always get a kick out of like, every hipster I know, every, not every, most of them, every green person, every environmentalist, they have a MacBook. I'm like, so the largest corporation in history who uses child labor around the world, like that's how you're like posting to your Facebook. Uh, Stop ruining the environment with my device that already ruined the environment. They all have, I have an iPhone, but I'm not posting those posts because I realize I'm in the problem too. So I'm like, I don't want to post too much about that. I once met a guy that I always respected he thought oil companies ruined the world. And so he walked everywhere. He walked to Virginia from Massachusetts to visit a farm I was on. And even though it seemed kind of loopy and kind of crazy, I appreciated the man was in truth. He, there was no lie. And he didn't talk a lot. It was interesting. I think his name was Eben Haas. He's an interesting dude. And whether you agree with, that's like how Gandhi changed the world. He didn't really talk to the English. He just started going, let's make our own clothes, then we don't have to buy the British clothes anymore. He didn't talk about it. Now people try to fix the world just by protesting. There's nothing wrong with some protests. I agree. They've, But if you go through the things that have changed the world, it's not the protest as much. It's You know what Joel Salatin used to tell me? Vote with your checkbook. That boy. You want to shut McDonald's down because you think they're contributing to obesity? Get everybody you know to stop buying there. You don't need to post one damn Facebook post about how bad this company is. Stop buying from them. Actions. No words. Boy, they will pay attention. You hit somebody in the checkbook, it's better than 1,000 mean emails written. So you abstain from the thing you don't like and then you get another people to do it and the truth comes and rises to the top. And that's what Gandhi did, and it was smart. And it worked, and it took down the British Empire in India, which was a massive, multi-century, they had ruled England, and they were powerful and wealthy, and they suppressed and killed people. But boy, once Gandhi, you know, they made their own clothes. They got their own salt. He walked, he did this famous thing. He walked to get his own salt. You start growing your own food. All of a sudden, people are mad at agribusiness and this and that and that. Well. That's easy. This is always easier than this. This is all, words always easier than doing. Really. Parents go, Oh, I want my kids to read more. Well, do you read? You know, do you read? People get mad at me because they say I pitch their kids to buy programs. Yeah, but I also got your kids reading. You should thank me. You couldn't do the job. Now some parents do Could do the job Don't get mad I'm your ally Why would you get mad At your ally Oh old well, Ty You made millions of dollars and So fucking what Maybe I brought a Millions of dollars Worth of value to the world I don't know I don't know I'm not a saint I'm no saint I'm probably just like you Like Mark Twain said Everybody Is like the moon They got their light side And they got the dark side You put your whole life up on Teleprompter On a video i bet you you got some stuff you would want to fast forward through let he or she who's without sin throw the first stone we live in a world people throwing stones but throw the stone at yourself first when you hit yourself with the stone you maybe you'll change your action first you can convince yourself first it's easier it's actually harder but it's easier it's it's more common sense it's easier said than done it's a survival mechanism it's literally there's actual delusional factors it's like narcissists have less gray matter in the what is it the lower it's not the lower amygdala but it's a part of your brain. I think it's on the side so narcissistic people cannot get this message because they cannot look inward they have so they, they have less gray matter in the part that controls I think it's lower or something. Less gray matter in the area of empathy. And empathy doesn't just mean crying when other people cry. It means you actually can be introspective. And you can go, ah, I'm not so mad at them because I do bullshit like that all the time too. I think narcissism is on the rise. And it's not the narcissism of looking in the mirror and taking selfies. That's, there's actually something called overt and covert narcissism. And there's a lot of people undercover that are narcissists, a lot. Probably most of you, you got one person in your family very close to you that would score horrible on a narcissism inventory. There's a quiz called the Narcissism Inventory, which tests for six factors. Superiority, authority, uh, self-independence, exploitation, exhibitionism, vanity. And I think there's one more I forgot but dude, people around, and those are the people that will talk the most. And it's it's not even who talks the most, it's like, it's the people leading you with flowery, flowery words. Like, here's the politician I would vote for, Zach. It's not Obama, it's not Donald Trump, it's somebody who gets up there. For once in the history of planet Earth, and they go, listen to me, I cannot fix all this stuff last seven presidents made our economy messed up. Here's what's going to really happen. I'm going to become president, and the economy is going to go up and down. And some of the stuff that goes up, I can't take credit for. It's from two presidents ago. And some of it's going to go down. It won't even be my fault. I'll do what I can, and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to try to be a fair president. And that's another thing from Deadwood. When um, What's the guy who runs for office? Uh, off- Foreign? No, no, who runs for sheriff. Oh, Bullock. Yeah, Sheriff Bullock, he's campaigning in the last season, and he's just up there, and he's like, well, I run a – he's like the worst campaigner in history because he's just too blunt. I like that character. That Bullock character, if you watch Deadwood, is like an interesting character because he's like the most blunt person in the world. George Hurst comes, one of the richest men in the world, and he will not kiss his butt, and he almost – I won't give away what happens, but – problems come from not kissing people's butt he just blunt he says what he means even if he's angry and as much as his character sometimes you're like there's something wrong with him you appreciate that he is what he is and you know what you get i would have appreciated if public school teachers would have just one of them would have just said listen to me I'm caught in the system, man. I want to help you, but I'm forced to, by law, to get my paycheck. I got to teach you social studies and make you memorize what the capital of Montana is. It's not going to help you, Ty. Listen to me. When you get home, read some other books. Go apprentice. Go shadow a business person. I'm stuck in the system. I'm sorry. I don't know how to get out. I got to. Man, if I had one teacher that was like that, a mother, a father, if you, if your parent who just said, listen to me. I loved you, but I also loved myself and I was divorced and I was lonely and I married this guy or this girl and they were kind of crappy to you and I was just selfish. I needed some – I wanted to be in love and so I married them and it kind of screwed you over and like I, I don't have an easy answer. Like I, I apologize in a way, but I just did what I, I – that, if a parent ever did that, I would be like, well, that's a good parent because they're not going to mind – Fuck their kids because you will be – dude, that's what happens to religion. I like some things about religion but it mindfucks a lot of people because you go, let's say, to church and you go to people that are supposedly the good people, the chosen people, the virtuous people. And then you get screwed over more there and so it's a mind fuck. You're like, well, is the whole thing wrong? Because if this thing is supposed to purify this group of people, then how come I'm getting screwed over more by them? Then my atheist friends, and it starts to play games with you. And it'd be better if like all those people were like, listen, we are religious. We are actually here because we're very broken people and sick people need doctors. And this church is like our hospital. And this pastor is like a doctor. So don't get too close to us because we're kind of sick. That's why we're here. That's the truth, by the way. Most religions, most churches. Even Jesus Christ said, because they said, why do you hang out with prostitutes? He said, well, it's the sick that need a doctor. So if you're a Christian, <laughs> that's the, it's right there from your Messiah. If you're a Muslim, if you're Jewish, I don't know those religions as well. I didn't grow up with them, but that was, Jesus was blunt, which was a great, I think one of the things people appreciate was it was blunt. It was like when he was betrayed by Judas, he's like, you betrayed me. He wasn't like passive aggressive, like, oh, you were a true friend. He was just like, you're not a friend. And before the rooster crows three times, you know, you be dead. That's a blunt thing to say. And when people were stealing from other people, he went into the temple and just beat people up, basically. Not exactly, but took a whip and destroyed people's businesses because he said, you're screwing people over. Where's the people going and taking the whip to Apple? Are these big companies that are centralizing wealth? Top 10 people got more wealth than the bottom 3.5 billion. Where's the real? There's protest. I see the protest. Where's the results and the action? Where's the 3.5 billion people really changing? And I will tell you, it mind screwed me. Religion in many ways, and that's why I have a love-hate relationship with it in many ways because I'm like, wait a second. I thought the Bible said love your neighbor as yourself, and then Jesus was asked who your neighbor is, and he said, well, your enemy is your neighbor. They, like, I was like, okay, but wait a second. In America, the most religious people build the most prisons and go to war the most. That's impossible because Jesus Christ clearly said if you're a Christian – now, if you're a Jewish – or you're not a Christian, then it's different. Islam, for example, I don't know enough about it, so I don't want to misquote anything, but I don't think it has that exact teaching, and Judaism doesn't because they don't believe in Jesus Christ. But Jesus specifically said, if you are punched, you should turn the other cheek. Now you can turn that into metaphors and this and that. Blah, 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 blah. It's a pretty irrefutable thing if you look at the actions of Jesus. When people took him to be killed, he went with it and didn't fight back. And so the Amish, why I lived with the Amish for two and a half years is the first people I ever met that literally have a history that if somebody steals from them, they will never take them to court. They have no locks on the doors. And I watched them for years, and I'm like, they actually are real Christians. Now, I'm not saying they're better or worse, but like – I sometimes wonder, is anybody in religion looking around at what the hell is going on? Or are you, cause one thing religion has is flowery words. You go to some churches, you go to some, you know, any, not just Christianity, and it's the most flowery, amazing words, and then the people's lives are just the opposite, and you're like, well, this clearly doesn't work that well. I mean, if, if, if I went to a hospital and everybody was dying, I'd be like, well, this is, I'm not going to this hospital. And so I don't know the solution. I'm not saying the world's better without religion. I told you I have a love-hate relationship. In some ways, I think the world will be better with no religion. In other ways, I don't think that. I think that it's important, but I don't have the answer, to be honest. I'm still working through it for the last <laughs> decade of my life. But I do know, and I will not change my opinion on this, I'm not a sucker. Not about that. You will not mind fuck me. If I don't care, I do not care if you're an atheist or a Christian. I don't or do I, I will watch you if you do weird stuff? I don't want to be around you. I don't care. You will not somehow magically trick me into being like, ah, well, you're part of my tribe, and so I want to hang out with you. No. Now I'm not casting judgment on people, but I do judge my own social circle and I control that and I'm like, nope. Not doing that. I don't know if you're good, bad. I don't know if I'm good or bad. Don't want to be around you. I don't care. That's it. And so that's my real advice. And it's really the gist of this whole long, somewhat rambling diatribe is that at the end of the day, if you use this, what the good thing that will come from this is you will control your social circle. You will control those people you hire, those people you business partner with, those people that you – hang out with on the weekend those people you date those people you marry those family members that you do or don't spend time with and when you get that right that's the day if you want to use an analogy to me and i know i hope this doesn't sound blasphemous to those of you who are christians but that's what being born again is that's what i think now let me rephrase that that's not what being born again is I think being born again has a specific definition in Christianity. that is similar to being born again. Your day – you realize – that. that's why that is – being born again is a very fascinating thing because if you read the Bible, what Jesus said about being born again is not what big pastors are saying now. In fact, it's better to just read the Bible directly, in my opinion – than just listen to, like, <laughs> big televangelist or whatever. Because if you read what the actual thing said, I'm going to pull it up so I don't misquote it. It's very profound. And that's why I said I have a love-hate relationship. When I don't like religion and then I read it, I'm like, oh, this is very profound. So there was this religious leader. I'm going to probably butcher this. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus. Who was a jewish person he came to jesus at night and said jesus we know you are a teacher who has come from god for no one could do what you're doing if god was not with him and this is the profound thing jesus didn't say come up to the altar now he specifically said very truly i say to you no one will see the kingdom unless they are born again And then this Nicodemus guy goes, but how can you be born again when you're old? You can't go back into your mother's womb. And he says, very truly, I tell unto you, no one enters the kingdom. And it says of God, but I'm just calling it the kingdom unless you are born of the water and the spirit. Now, this this is interesting. Again, you can be even for atheists. Listen to this. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. So you shouldn't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind, this is the key thing that everybody forgets. This is John 3, 8. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. You know what the wind does? It's not words. It actually has action You hear the sound and you know it's true. When the wind blows on the side of your face, you feel it, it happened, it happened. And I'm not trying to oversimplify or change the meaning of this. What I take away from this is you're born again when you stop listening to people and you feel the wind against your cheek. I'm born again, I know what my dogs believe when I feel them when I'm walking outside, wagging their tail, rubbing up against me, you know, happy. I feel the wind when I'm in a hard place at life and my friends show up to encourage. That's the wind blowing. It's not, that's what he said, this is the, 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 that's the key. He said, flesh gives birth to flesh. To me, flesh stands for fake. The fake gives birth to the fake, but the spirit, which is in all caps here, gives birth. So truth gives birth to truth. The fake gives birth to the fake. And then he brings up the wind and the wind is in fake because he says you hear it sound kind of, wind doesn't actually make a sound of its own. It doesn't have vocal cords, but you interpret it by looking or feeling. It's real, it's substantive. You could see a flag waving this way, you know the wind is blowing to the west. No one lies to you, it can't lie to you. The flag cannot blow the other way. So you have the friend, and you don't know if they're your friend, but you feel them helping you. So they're a friend. And that is what I take, one of the meanings. That's when you're born again, when you start feeling the wind, not the words. The flesh is the words, man. The flesh is this. And that's why I say it's not a religious experience. But the day I realized this, I was like, I feel born again. And and the only difference is, I think in this case, when you're born again, it's a happy moment (laughs) in Christianity or supposed to be. For me, it wasn't that happy a moment because I felt ripped off because I was like, wait a second. I just woke up to the fact that the other day, just to be 100% honest, the other day, recently, I really went back and I said – I started looking at people that have been around me, friends, acquaintances over the last 10 years. And I was like – Oh, my God. Almost all of it was a waste. 80%, of it, not 100. 80% is just, I wasted those times. I could have built those times that people would still be around for the long term. It is like the classic definition of a waste. And that's why I tweeted that. Uh, uh, to what will bring you more sadness ever in life is to realize you spent the last decade attached to the wrong people. So I hope to God... <laughs> that you figure out what the wind, the true wind is and what the fake is. And um, maybe you won't be born again like a Christian thinks, but there's you'll kind of be born again. Life will feel new. Maybe not excitingly new because you'll be like ripoff time, but you get over it. And it's like I said, the band-aid and it pulls off. I feel like most people are afraid to pull off a band-aid. Most people don't want to know. Most people don't want to admit their marriage is not what they wanted to. But you know what? You don't even probably have to get divorced then if you both look each other in the eye and go, I'm definitely not in love with you. And maybe we can go, I don't know, to a counselor or fix it. Because if you don't diagnose that it's broken, you don't fix it. So people are afraid to diagnose that it's broken. But – Imagine walking, going your whole life with, like, a broken arm that doesn't get fixed correctly. It'll be forever messed up. It's better to just take an x-ray, diagnose the break. You might have to reset it and break it again. It'll hurt, like, the biatch for a while, but then the thing regrows. It's born again. The bone – actually, I broke my ankle playing basketball at UCLA, and the doctor was like, you got lucky It broke a clean bone-on-bone break. It wasn't a tendon tear. He goes, it's actually gonna regrow stronger than before, which was hard for me to believe. But he was a specialist in, bo- in, in that type of injury. And he's like, you're lucky. If you break it clean enough, cause the bone like almost stuck out of my, It stuck, it didn't come out of the skin, but like it was, you could see it. And he's like, this is the best break to have. It's clean, it's gonna take you six months to recover. And he's right. My ankle, I actually forget which ankle I broke. (laughs) I I should have taken a picture. They're about equally, I can't jump as high as I can used to. So there's a little bit of probably scar tissue that keeps that. But he's right. I got no pain. So I think if you can just get a clean break from some people, and then it'll hurt. I had to roll around in a chair for like three to six months. It hurt when I broke it. And then you could just... You break off those relationships, it hurts, and then you just like put them back with someone better and it regrows almost as strong and you'll almost forget the five or 10 wasted years you had of your life. You can pull that out or you superhero. Anyway, I didn't realize I was so late. Hope it helps.